We are all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world. It's our job to develop these gifts to make a difference. That's why I created the Preschool SLP Podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. It's about showing up every single day. It's about giving all of yourself. It's about evaluating your work. It's about innovating practice. Every single week, let's discuss the topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies that treat the whole child? How can we create the truest and shiniest versions of ourselves and of the children we treat? Thank you for joining me at the drawing board. Let's innovate today to create a better tomorrow. Hi, this is Kelly Vess, and you are here at the Preschool SLP Podcast. I wanted to start off this podcast with a bang, and I wanted to talk about really a topic that really, really matters a lot. If you work with preschoolers with autism spectrum disorder, you are going to want to make sure to catch this episode because we're going to talk about the single most pivotally important skill for children with autism to develop so that they can have greater outcomes later on and for life. And early on, if we can focus on this skill, we are really going to change these children's lives. And this skill is commenting. So when we're looking at commenting today, we're going to look at both nonverbal and verbal commenting and how can we develop it in the limited time we have. So when we look at autism spectrum disorder, there's this huge list of symptoms. We could focus on many things and we could spread ourselves very, very thinly. We don't want to do that. We have limited time and we have limited resources. What we want to do is take that time and resource and we want to invest it wisely. We want to invest it in commenting because commenting matters a lot. Commenting is using communication for social purposes. But what underlies commenting is a lot of foundational skills that our children with autism spectrum disorder struggle with. So we need to focus our attention on developing these foundational skills to make commenting even possible. So when we read about commenting in the DSM, or if we read about commenting in the educational criteria, it's very wizard talk, I call it in the beginning, that involves um, reading children's minds and knowing what are the children interested in and what is their intentions and what are their motivations. The wizard talk, let's put that aside. We can't do anything with wizard talk. We never took a wizard class, which taught us how to read children's minds. What we do know is we can look at these behaviors and we can look at developing these behaviors so that these children are able to comment. We need to think about the ability involved in commenting, the observable behaviors that are necessary for these children to develop in order to be able 
to comment. No more talking about intentions. No more talking about interest. So let's read the comment, the definition as written in either the educational paperwork or the medical setting. I'm going to read it to you. And I want to tell you how I see it is starting off with the iceberg. What's over the iceberg? And it's a bit wizardry. This talk is, I don't like it. I think we could get rid of it. So let me read it. A lack of spontaneous seeking to share enjoyment, interest, or achievements with other people. I call that wizard talk, that these children lack the spontaneous seeking of sharing enjoyment or their interests or their achievements. But let's see what they close it off with. This I can work with. For example, a lack of showing. So let's just think what's involved in showing. I'm going to hold up my hand to you pretending I have an object. I want you to think about what's involved in that and how the complex motor movement is involved in having core strength, gross motor strength, and strength within my hand and coordination, all at the same time to hold an object up to you. I want you to think about the visual motor integration skills involved and the sensory skills involved in which I understand where I am in space and my visual perception abilities are strong enough to understand and holding out an object to your perception in space. So there's a lot of motor and there's a lot of sensory perception that must be intact in order for me to hold an object up to you. When I look at their second example, bringing, if I bring something to you, I need attention. I need to go to that object, pick it up. Then I have to maintain attention in order to bring it to you. So this, this idea of maintaining attention is very difficult for children with autism spectrum disorder. Then we're going to look at the last one, pointing pointing out objects. And once again, there's that high level visual motor integration skill in which you're using your visual skills, which have to be intact. And you're also combining that with complex motor movement. In addition to that, once again, this is a very complex motor task that requires your core strength, then your gross motor strength of extending your arm, and then the pointing of your finger. So this is a very complex motor movement. Why do I talk about this? Because this is under the iceberg. This is what is unseen, what the child is unable to do. When we're looking at children with autism spectrum disorder, it's estimated that nearly 90% of these children have a significant impairment in both perception, perceptual skills and motor skills. So what we're talking about here is motor skills are required and perceptual skills are required. So if we do not target these skills, we and we tell the children, okay, we want to see you socially comment and bring objects to us and point to objects. And we also want to see you, uh, what, what was the other one? Uh, pointing to objects, bringing to objects and showing objects to us. We want you to fly. These children don't have wings. They can't fly. Many of these children do not even have the core strengths developed yet. Many of these children are falling over in their chairs or they're falling over on the carpet, unable to independently sit up. And when we're asking them to do these very complex motor skills or expecting them to, and when they don't, 
we use our wizard talk. Our wizard talk is, well, that's because there's a lack of uh, spontaneous seeking to share the enjoyment, the interest, or their achievements. Then we're really expecting them to have wings. So let's talk about motor. Motor is very, very important. And let's talk about attention. Attention is very, very important. And let's talk about visual perception. That's very, very important. So when we look at these children, how am I going to help you communicate for social purposes? And how am I going to help you fly when you can't even sit up straight? Is we're going to go to the core. The core always must develop first. So we need to think about how can we develop these children's core strength? A lot of times you'll see a weak core strength when the children are walking. So you're going to see these children, either they're going to be hunched over, walking like this, walking with a hunched over back like that, or you're going to see them walking with an S swivel in their core. They have a very weak, underdeveloped core, or you're going to see them walk with a pot belly out and their shoulders back. In all of these instances, these children are not even, even lack the strength to balance their bodies. The worst thing we could do with these children is to hold their hands. So when we walk with these children, when we are holding these children's hands, what we're doing is we are doing the motor initiation, the motor planning, the motor programming, the motor execution, and the motor cessation for them. They're not going to develop on their own. So when we're looking at how can we improve commenting, we have to think about what's under the wizard iceberg. We have to think about the foundational skills that these children are lacking. And perhaps the most powerful thing we can do is to walk with the child, not holding the child's hand. So we need to get our hands off of these children. And instead, we need to individualize the task so that these tasks are at these children's challenge point so that these children can independently navigate. When these children are independently navigating, they are going to find the most efficient way to move their body. They are going to challenge their bodies. The children know their bodies better than you do. They have unique neuromuscular history. They have a unique body. They have unique experiences. What we have to do is find motivating activities and we have to get that challenge point. Maybe the balance beam isn't two inches wide. Maybe that balance beam is a foot wide. Maybe it's two feet wide. We are going to challenge the children at their challenge point and we're going to take our hands off of these children. So I'm going to say today in today's podcast as a step one, take your hands off of the children. Children are brilliant. If we give them motivating, educationally rich activities to engage in, and I refer to these in my book, they're called TOMS, Task-Oriented Movement Activities. If we give them these task-oriented movement activities to engage in, 
We can step back. We can take our hands off the children and the children will challenge their selves. It's the most, it's the best that we can do. So I read a lot of meta and analytic research, which is where they take hundreds of studies and they look at what works and what doesn't work. And when we're looking at the field from occupational therapy, from physical therapy, you know what doesn't work? Putting your hands on the child, brushing the child, swinging the child, squeezing the child. And there's no, I'm not saying anything about wrong about doing those behaviors, but I'm going to say what does work is getting your hands off of the child, creating educationally rich, challenging activities in which the child 80% of the time is succeeding. And maybe 20% of the time the child is falling. That's great. That's challenge point. That's what we need to do. So when we do this, we help these children learn to comment. And how is it that we're helping these children learning to comment? Because we're creating meaningful activities that are within their zone of proximal development, that are within what they are able to do. And we're stepping back and we're letting these children challenge themselves. And then we're letting these children work their body in the most efficient way possible. And this way, we're going to get the greatest gains. And what are we developing? We're going to develop attention. This is how we're going to develop executive function. This is how we're going to develop the child's ability to attend, the child's working memory, the child's ability to take something to completion. This is how we're going to do it is by getting our hands off of these children. And we're going to develop also visual perception skills. Why? Because we're not being the child's eyes. We're not being the seeing eye dog and leading the children around. We're not going to take on that role. We're going to step back and let the child do their own visual perception skills. We need to get our hands off the children and we need to stop being the children's eyes. Lastly, what else are we going to do? We're going to develop their motor skills. And that's going to happen because children are brilliant and they know way better than someone with a million alphabet letters behind their name in physical therapy and this and that, how to maneuver their body in the most efficient way possible. So what I'm saying is we are speech language pathologists. And what are we working on here? We're working on commenting. So before the child engages in this activity, perhaps I have a sentence strip. And what does that sentence strip say for them to access this educationally rich activity and for them to go and learn how to fly? These children need to learn how to fly. And they're not going to learn how to fly by us flapping the wings, by us doing the navigating, by them being a passenger. They need to take control. They need to be in control of the learning experience. So what we talked about today, there's three takeaways. One, let's not be wizards. Let's stop talking about children lacking the spontaneous seeking to share enjoyment, interests, or achievements. Let's talk about the behaviors. 
Let's talk about the behaviors we're seeing, the behaviors we want to see, and how are we going to develop those behaviors? The second takeaway we have today is how can we develop these behaviors? Well, children can't fly. We have to go to the core first. And if we're going to improve their core, we need to get our hands off the children. Get our hands off of the children. They can't be passengers in this thing we call life. They have to fly the plane. They have to navigate. The third thing I want to take you away with is how can we help these children? It's not by doing to the children. Get out of these ideas of squeezing the children, bouncing the children on balls, petting the children, petting them, brushing the children, swinging them around. The children have to do the work. Learning is never a passive process. Learning is always an active process. And the best thing that we can do is we, we can set up the environment. Challenge creates change. Okay, so I leave you with those three activities. If you want to know more about how do I develop task-oriented movement activities into my therapy sessions, well, you can check out my book, I go step-by-step with the videos. I go step-by-step with interactive exercises. And I don't ever want you to copy me. I never want you to copy me or the amazing graduate students of the book. I want you to create better. Create better. But I will show you, this is the how. This is how it's done. This is the research and this is how it's done. Now go and make it better. It's time to innovate. Thank you so much for joining me on our very first episode and go on, take on the world and go make it a better place.